0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Playful Humans podcast. I'm your host, Mike Montague, and my guest this week is a guitarist and instructor, Nick Morrison. He's right there. If you didn't notice by the four guitars behind him, uh, <laughs> he is into the guitar. And you can find him at guitardojo.ca because he's in Canada and Calgary. We'll talk to him about that as well. But uh, on YouTube, a great follow there, Samurai Fingers. Samurai Fingers. We'll have to figure out what that means as well all in the (laughs) playful humans podcast today so let's get it started here if you want more information on playful humans just go to playfulhumans.com you can take our quiz or join the community there here we go there we go Nick that is the uh, theme song and uh, chasing the sunshine by pink zebra and we like to start with the joke of the week I uh the joke of the week is brought to you by uh the car park uh it's basically a PSA here I heard there were a lot of break-ins over at the uh, parking lot uh and that's wrong on so many levels of the garage okay uh here's the joke of the week that wasn't it. My joke. Uh, I lost my job at the bank, Nick. Uh, on my very first customer, uh, an old lady asked me to check her balance, and I pushed her over. Oh, <laughs> not very good. Do you have a joke for
1: us? I got one for you. Sure. Uh, how do you get a guitarist to stop making noise on his guitar? Uh, I don't know. You put some sheet music in front of him.
0: Heyo. <laughs> but I'm. I still yeah. haven't. It's been like a hundred shows and I still don't have the rim shot for our cheesy dad jokes, but I appreciate you playing along. Absolutely.
1: I love dad jokes. (laughs) It's one of the best parts of being 40.
0: Exactly. Uh, There are upsides and downsides uh, of that. So let me ask you a question there, because I feel like midlife is an interesting thing where you kind of settle into this groove of what I call like uh, the content creator middle class uh where you know like when you're 20 you want to be a rock star you want to be on stage you're pretty when you're 40 you're like that sounds like a really late night and uh exhausting (laughs) to me maybe i just uh teach guitar i do a youtube channel and i make money and i enjoy it and i don't have uh crazy fans or i don't have late nights or, or drugs and alcohol involved i can be married uh, and a lot of other things. So how did you settle into where you are in your career? How do you think about what your goals are now? Uh, that
1: was a multifaceted question. So I actually yeah. I mean, I'm really lucky in that I kind of got to do that in my 20s so I lived the rock star life. Um, I was a session player. I was a, a touring guitarist. I played backup for a bunch of different bands. I did like, um, I'm sure in the States you've got it too. We've got a thing called Broadway across Canada here. And, yeah. uh, so like I, I toured with shows. I did Greece. I did Mamma Mia. I did, uh, what was the other one uh, anyway? And, yeah. um, you know, I, and I've, i playing guitar really took me around the world. So USA, Canada, uh, Europe, Japan, I was in Asia for a while. And, uh, and I got to do that and I had a lot of fun and, you know, but you sort of get on with it after, you know, five, six, eight, ten 10 years. And you're like, you know, it's not as fun and glamorous as it used to be. And I met my wife and you you don't want to mm-hmm. be around away from her as long. And you, And you start to transition and go, okay, so how am I? gonna still stay involved with music and still stay involved with you know being creative without necessarily being out on a road all the time and uh, i did teaching in my teens in my very early 20s and i didn't really want to get back into it at that stage because i was i was still pretty young and kind of arrogant like you know the if you those that can do and those that can't teach you know that kind of thing yeah and, uh, so I, I, was doing some research and I had some buddies of, you know, I, I have a fairly good professional network and was kind of asking like, you know, what are you doing for transition? Like, what are you, are you, still, how are you involved? And it sort of came to be that I got involved with writing music for film and television. And wow. so around 2000, 2008, 2009, I got, I started to get my first placements and, uh, and that provided a really great, um, income and, you know, sustainable, uh, lifestyle for me, although there, you know, it has its ups and downs as well, but it's really cool. Cause you like write a piece of music once, And if, if you're lucky, I mean, look at the guys that did the theme song for friends, right. I don't think they've ever yeah. released any music since then. And, uh, they're millionaires. Um, <laughs> so there's some unpredictability, but, uh, you know, really, really good and and fun time. But, All the way along, still sort of, you know, getting out and gigging and playing and whatever but again, you know, you, you kind of hit that, that 38, 39, your back starts hurting. And I'm like, I don't really Mm want to carry my stuff out anymore. Um, and I used to, I used to be crazy. Like I had like, like four, four by 12 cabs with like massive four, uh, well three that actually ran and one that was like a prop, but like hundred watt Marshall heads and like just pedal boards out the wazoo. And, uh, you know, I've got it pared down now. I've got like one amp and like two pedals and like one guitar that I'll bring with me. And that's all (laughs) I need. Um, um, but, uh, you, you know, you, st- you start kind of winding down a little bit and it's like, okay, well, a- again, what do I do? How do I keep involved? And yeah, it, it turns to, or it doesn't have to, but in my particular case, I'm like, well, I've got all this knowledge. I've got all this skill. Why not give it to people? And YouTube is such a, cool platform that allows anybody with an internet connection and a halfway decent camera and a halfway decent microphone to connect with people around the planet. And it's been a wild ride. I've had a lot of fun. I've taught students, um, online, like kind of in person from, I think my youngest online was about eight. My oldest was about 80. Um, and I don't do a ton of teaching one-on-one anymore. Um, but I've got the YouTube channel. I've got the website, obviously where, you know, I offer courses and stuff. And then my most recent thing is I've started writing books, and that's even better because now it's like okay, cool. I've got like actual textbooks that I can sell and just again spread the love of music and the love of guitar as far as books can be sold. And if you get something on Amazon, I mean, you know, I could ship a book in Cambodia, <laughs> which is well,
0: of- it's amazing. There is uh, I appreciate. You. I think you answered all of the the questions. Of what I, I tried to, to set up and go exactly because. There is this evolution and I kind of had the the same thing where I was doing club DJ stuff and radio things and then uh, met my wife uh, at one of my gigs and was like, you know, getting married and stuff like I'm not sure I want to be out till one o'clock in the morning. And I was also doing other you know, day job stuff during the day and you're like, this is getting pretty tiring. Yes. I also kind of saw that like there I don't know any cool 40 year old club DJs, you know, you're always (laughs) like. Kind of few Uh, and far between, right? Yeah. They, they put helmets and masks on now so that you can't see their gray hairs, but yes. uh, So there is a way to pull that off. I wasn't that creative, but I I kind of thought like there is a sunset to this where I'm going to want to be doing something else. And I I think there is something also to what you said about aging, where you want to start teaching other people to do it, or you have all this experience and you're like, okay, well, I know I can go out and play a show and get Totally. applause right like that's something <laughs> that I always have in my bag of tricks yeah but it starts becoming about other things lifestyle yes. design or legacy and and yeah, stuff that a, bit of a that, lot of people miss and uh, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about that I, I think two things number one is um, there's always like the sellout thing I, I got sure. that early in radio and I've told this on the podcast before but I just knew in radio, it's like, you're, you're selling out for sure to get on there. I'm reading sponsorships for companies, 100%. you know, whatever they pay me to read. I'll, I'll read it <laughs> and play it. Yep. But then also, um, I think on the other side of that is that in this kind of content creator middle class is like, you kind of have to give up the dream of fame and fame isn't all that that has cracked up to be either. So I think everybody thinks they want to have a whole bunch of fans and be famous, but yeah, having an audience is different than being famous. Can you talk Correct. a little bit about that in your experience too?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to your point, being famous so that your, your name or your image or your music or whatever it happens to be that you've created is sort of hits that tipping point of the collective conscious where everybody knows who you are, your, knows your name, knows your image, knows whatever. That's a whole different ball of wax. And it's really, that's, you know, the, the pop artist or the pop figure or the actor or the influencer, I suppose, if you want to you know, in, in yeah, our right. world, which is great. And there's a whole host of things that come along with that, as well as a whole host of problems and things, but getting to a point where you have a fan base, i.e. a, a, a true following that are interested in you as a person. And I think this is the, this is the power of social media, um, how it's evolved. And I think it was always there, but it's just now within the past probably five years that people have really started to figure it out where <clears throat> people are interested in you as a person, your journey. What is it that, that there's a, I'm certain, obviously there's a, a portion of voyeurism there as well, right. Mm-hmm. On both people's parts. Right. But it's also, you know, Hey, I want to learn something for you, or, um, I'm really interested in your point of view, you know, cause you can look on YouTube and there's, you know, political commentators, there's music instructors, there's, uh, ESL t- instructors there's uh travel people like e- everything and everything and there's this great I can't remember who wrote the book but there's this it's a, it's a book it's called a thousand true fans or maybe it's a theory uh, in a book yeah
0: kevin kelly i think yeah i think a, that's
1: the one oh, and yeah. you know if you want to make a decent living and I, again i'm not talking about buying a ferrari and a you know 20 room mansion, but you can make a really good living having a thousand people that are extremely bought into and aligned with your worldview and enjoy the value that you give them on an educational standpoint or a voyeuristic standpoint or an entertainment, whatever it happens to be. And you you start to get to a point where it's like, okay, well, you know, I've got, I've got the new car, I've got the house, I've got the wife, got the kids, like my life's pretty good, actually. Mm -hmm. I don't need all this other stuff I could actually just you know if I if I wanted to I could go and work at a music store and you know make minimum wage or maybe a little bit more than that and have a pretty good life I don't want to work retail but I could do this thing and it's a lot of fun you know and so that's kind of where I'm at now with it where it's it's much more about providing really good value for people and and to to the focus of the podcast my whole thing is about making music fun again for guys like me right Maybe not exactly like me, but have followed a similar trajectory where you learned guitar or you learned music, guitar specifically, because that's what I teach. But, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like you learned probably when you were a teenager or maybe, you know, 10 to 15 or whatever. You played, you thought you were going to be a rock star, and then life happened. Maybe you became a dad or you know there was an accident or somebody died and you had to take over you know house payments to keep the family uh, you know housed whatever it happens to be but life happens and and you kind of find that between 20 and 40 a bunch of stuff happens and changes and then around that 40 year mark call it 38 to 45 something like that guys like us it's like i really miss playing guitar right but there's so much out there and there's so much like you have to do this and you have to learn how to read music and you have to hold it just so, and you have to start with classical before you play electric and like all these rules. And I'm just like, no, like you want to play black Sabbath war pigs. Let's figure out how to get you playing black Sabbath war pigs in the shortest amount of time possible. So you can have fun, whether it's jamming with your buddies or playing for your kids, or maybe even getting out and, you know, playing in a bar again, if that's what you want to do. But there's, especially guitar but music is there there are no rules yes there's rules, but like it's just open up your mind have some fun and i i feel like i take a lot of slack for that because like music theory specifically online like it's a very divisive topic and i'm one of those guys that's just like you don't need it like let's show you how to have fun you can play and uh, people forget that that it is it's it's play music not work music work. or stress music right like uh, who wants That's to be That's exactly
0: that? what we're talking about on the this podcast and I find so many things are like that right mm. that um I mean, you could take about any, there's all kinds of different play and that's what the quiz on my website is for, right? You could be right. sports, right? You don't have to be a professional athlete to enjoy playing sports. Absolutely. But so many people say they're uh, sports fans now, but they enjoy TV. They don't enjoy sports. They're not actually playing <laughs> football. Like you got to go sure. do something, right? And, and yeah. it, sure, it's great to listen to music and, and dance or, or move yeah. things, but actually learning how to do it is the fun part. And what I love totally. about music especially and really all forms of play is you're not trying to win it right no like it is
1: music is not a contest
0: (laughs) yeah the so the point isn't to play it the fastest or the the loudest or whatever or or any kind of it's all a taste and and a a chance to play and explore with it which is just enjoyment of the music for as long as it's enjoyable. And then if it's not fun, like quit doing it, you know, exactly, it's it's, it's supposed to be something to enjoy.
1: Yeah. And you know, I think, I think especially because I I feel like the internet now is much more geared towards, at least it seems much more geared towards like a younger demographic. Like I'm going to say maybe 15 to 25, maybe 30 at the most, but there's a lot of young kids like grow like growing up, I learned to play guitar by, you know, once a month I'd get guitar player magazine and I'd have four songs in it. And that's kind of how I started to learn to read music and learn to read tab. And, and I taught myself and, you know, I would put uh, tapes in the tape deck and I would like stretch them out so that they would slow down. And then I have to like <laughs> detune my guitar and i like, okay, what was that? Rewind, play it again and whatever. So it was a really long process but now the internet, you can call up anything. Like think Eddie Van Halen's most ridiculously difficult solo or Steve Vai's most complex thing that he's ever done. And there's somebody explaining to you how to do it, which is a phenomenal learning resource. And that's exactly what I do, more or less. I don't break specific songs down, but
0: YouTube.com slash same right fingers.
1: Yeah. Um, but you know, kids can get on and suddenly like eclipse. The, the Steve Weiss and the Eddie Van Halen's in terms of technical ability at like 14, at 16. And it becomes this Instagram race of these flashy clips of like, look how fast I can play. Look how many notes or whatever, which is cool. That's a whole thing. I get it. I love it. You know, I was a young guy at one point too and wanted to show off as much as I could. But it's, it has kind of turned into a bit of a competition where that's not really what music is about. And it, it should be about fun and enjoyment and putting a smile on your face or putting a smile on the face of the people you're playing for. Yeah. And so uh, that's again, that's that's really what I'm striving to 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 give to people rather than. So the, I wanted to ask you two thing.
0: questions specifically uh, sure. about YouTube, because that's your your channel and you've been on it for a long time. Yeah. Uh, the first one is I, I think there has been this swing where or maybe it's just growing up and being more mature and sophisticated. But I think, people, <laughs> like we said, wanted to be famous and they want a huge following. And I think the social media sites did too. They were like, oh, we need these viral hits and stuff. But as the internet has splintered into these niche markets and stuff, it's not necessarily about being Mr. Beast and having 100 million views of your video, although there is still a place for that. And I think the internet will always have a viral place, but the majority of creators or people that make a living might have one of those big videos, but most of the time yes. they're talking to those thousand true fans or, or so can you tell me a little bit about how you see um, the internet changing and and how it's rewarding actually more specificity than oh, yeah. generality?
1: I mean, I've been, I've been around like since YouTube first started and like launched, I'm not going to go so far as be like, I was one of the first creators ever, but like I was in that first six months to a year cause I saw it and I was like, this is incredible. Um at that point it was all about virality and it was just you never knew what was gonna hit and it was like let's film my cat doing something stupid or let's scare my brother while he's in the shower or whatever <laughs> and it was videos that were like just taken. There was no voiceover, there was no intro reel, no like narration, like nothing. It was just horrible, like shot on a potato, usually, you know, your motorola razor, and then mm. you'd upload it and that was it. And um and you know, you fast forward, that's like what, 2006, 2007, even into 2010 and 12 things started to get much more sophisticated. And it was, it still at that point, was very, very much about like, let's reach as many people as we can, but you kind of get to a point where all of those big channels. And again, it, whatever niche you're in, they've kind of got their, their big guys already that kind of talk to everybody about everything within right. that niche. But now what we're seeing is sort of that 2015, 2016 and onward is that people are more interested in engaging longer term with people that are like them, that speak their language, that uh, understand all about like the very one specific niche thing that they're interested in being on YouTube about. And YouTube is really figured this out and what their algorithm is like they have a whole team of engineers at google that that like are really good at giving your content at exactly the right person that needs to see it Mm -hmm. so as long as you're making content that speaks to a specific person with a specific need you're always going to get there and to your point yeah you're going to have i've got a i've got a video on my channel that consistently every month i have no idea why because it's like a tech video like how to install a piece of hardware on a guitar i mean i can kind of see why it's important, but, um, like consistently every month, it's like 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 views, like just month over month. And it's been a decade. And I'm just like, what? That's one of those videos. That's just crazy for me. Um, whereas the bulk of what I do, and that's of course, people that have never heard of me, they just want to learn how to do the thing. And then away they go. But the bulk of what I do speaks directly to my audience. And that's again, to that thousand true fans, just focusing in and giving, giving them what they want. Like you, you figure out what works and then you double down on it.
0: What I think so interesting about that is that it's not just YouTube that's working that way. I think like companies and businesses wanted yes. to scale and they wanted to blow up and become the next Amazon or Walmart or something. But now we've right. kind of gotten to the point, especially in the pandemic, where it's like, oh, maybe we don't need global supply chains. Maybe I need a small <laughs> business down the street yeah. that can get me what I need or even that that stuff is great. That's always going to be there, but somebody's already there, so you're not going to yeah. out Amazon Amazon at this point. <laughs> exactly. What you need is something that's different, something that's niche, that's uh, you know custom and bespoke to people that totally. they find value and are willing to pay somebody locally extra money yeah. for. So I think you know, kind of stretching that out to anybody listening or, or watching. It's whatever your thing is, if it's not music yeah. or or YouTube videos, if it's uh, writing a novel or a short story, like write for your audience, not don't write the Harry Potter. You're not going to out Harry Potter, Harry Potter. Exactly. Right? But exactly. you can do something else that that connects with people and that finds totally. enough people that finds it interesting. And And the other thing that's cool about it is. With seven billion people on the planet, it's not yep. very hard to find a thousand no. people that are. well, in and this saying. is
1: this is the cool thing, right? So, if you look at just statistics in terms of like audience demographic and or potential buyers for a product or a service, and you can look this stuff up um, through you know all of the stats websites and whatnot. But in the U.S. alone, let's say you've got uh, whatever your audience is. Let's say male. So we're going to talk about me, right? Males, thirty-five to forty-five play guitar are into Metallica, ACDC, uh, Led Zeppelin. Like we, we go down the list. My audience depending on a few factors, but basically is about eight to 12 million people. Are you kidding me? If I could sell my product and just make $1 to everybody in that demographic, like that's it job done. You never have to argue again. Yeah. Right. Done. Um, so There's it's kind of this logical fallacy of like, oh, I want to I want to appeal to everybody so that I can make more money and I can, you know, get more notoriety or make more whatever it happens to be. But the truth is that the further down you go, the more you're going to connect with those actual people. And it's still a humongous market. And that's just in the US, not Canada, not South America, not Europe and whatever else. So like you think worldwide, it's 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 a huge number of people, which is now.
0: you also had a negative experience and I wanted to hear a little bit more about that as much as you're willing to share, because I sure, think yeah. especially young people who are putting themselves out there on TikTok or whatever, haven't thought about the downsides of, of doing that. And I think it's yeah. worth at least talking about for a yeah, it,
1: It's worth, it's worth at least talking about for a moment. It's not going to happen to everybody. It will happen to some, um, but I have, I operate under the, the, premise that most people are good people right mm, and most of life is pretty good and there's not you know there's always a chance that you could walk out the door and get hit by a bus but you have to assume that, that that's not going to happen but it is worth thinking about so back going back to my first experience on on youtube in 2006 I built up a pretty good channel. I moved to Japan and I was living there and I was part of what's called like the J vlog community. So Japanese vlogs. And we oh, made cool. videos about, you know, taco yaki stands and sushi and just, oh, here's a bullet train and like just whatever. And I actually built up my, that channel. I think I had about 50,000 subscribers and I was actually part of the, the first wave of monetization that rolled out. I didn't make a ton of money, but I made some. Um, and then sort of a few years after that, because we, I sort of got pretty big. I actually got a stalker. Who was obsessed with me and like, I mean, great. Watched my channel and, you know, commented and all that stuff, but like found out where I lived and started coming to like, try and hang out with me or like meet me or buy me gifts. And it was just kind of weird. And so I ended up moving and he found me again and that happened two more times. And so finally I was just like, okay, I got to kill the channel, moved again, like went completely underground and like went radio silent on all social media for a while. Um, and then of course moved back to Canada. So it wasn't really a big deal, but uh, yeah, these things do happen. Um, not the end of the world. <laughs> uh Mm. can be scary at that time and you know this is me thinking you know going back like you know 35 36 year old man you know so i can only imagine to your point about a TikTok, like a 16 year old uh you know female maybe having something weird happen so again yeah you go you want to be think you want to be thinking about it be, be careful you know don't um shoot in front of your house or shoot in front of your school you know that kind of stuff definitely be aware of surroundings and be aware that there is a possibility but for the most part i think i think uh everything's pretty okay you know
0: yeah i think that that's fair and and good advice too is at least take like moderate steps Uh, i'll Hmm. add one to your suggestions there which is i love the stage name when i was on the radio i went by romeo because of my last name okay and having an alter ego was awesome because yes i can know instantly if i'm out with my friends and somebody comes up and they're like hey romeo they all know this person is not somebody I know, and they can yeah. either pay attention or they can treat them you know, like a stranger. And if somebody right. comes up and says, hey, Mike, then they know that that's one of my friends and somebody right, right, that we right. can welcome into the group, sit down at the table or whatever. Nice. And, um, and it just creates a level of separation because I had the same thing again. Nothing, uh, nothing scary, but people sending gifts to the radio station or, or trying to show up and. Uh, or get my address and things like that. Yeah. I never felt unsafe, but it was definitely a point where you're like, oh, I should probably yeah. pay attention.
1: Yeah. And it's funny. That's it. Cause so I remember you were asking about the the whole samurai fingers thing. So that came from, um, a t- my time in Japan, I was playing with a, with an act there and the, the music director looked at me. He's like, man, you're like, you're like a guitar samurai. You've got like samurai fingers. Right. Um, just because of the, the way I was playing and whatever the, I don't even remember the tune, but I was just like that, that's fun. And that kind of spurned that kind of became my nickname and amongst the the guys that I played with over there. And, uh, so I thought that would be a great name for the YouTube channel. And in the initial, um, iteration of my YouTube channel. That's what I was going by. I was like, Hey guys, it's samurai fingers here, blah, blah, blah. And now I've kind of dropped that. It was like a whole persona that didn't, it was silly and whatever. Yeah. Um, and now I'm much more like I, I go by my real name. I say, Hey, it's Nick Morris and whatever, but I've just kept the channel moniker. But the, again, it's kind of going back to the toll teaching thing is like, well, you know what? I can teach you, how to have samurai fingers, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, I re- the, the people in my, in my community, you know, in terms of like Facebook and on YouTube and that kind of stuff, I refer to them as my ninjas, you know, like we kind of have like a whole Japanese yeah, kind of theme.
0: It. Yeah, that's great. yeah. It's just, but it's just, you know, it's fun. So, uh, one last question for you here and on a positive note. Okay. Uh, what is your end goal? Is there something on your fun bucket list, like a gig you want to play or something you want to accomplish? Like what would be a perfect day for you or perfect accomplishment in your career? The way you see it now,
1: it's, it's hard. You know, when you look back and and you've had as many wins as I've had, um, I've I've been really lucky. The one thing, (laughs) the one thing I've never got to do would be to play the national, the Canadian national anthem at a Calgary flames game.
0: Oh, I think, that's, awesome. I think that
1: would be like a perfect feather in my cap to like top off my, like, once I do that, I'm like, all right, cool job done. I'm good. Anything else that happens after this, as long as I can cruise. And, and I guess to that point, just can kind of continue what I'm doing, spreading my message, teaching people, sharing the love of music, sharing the love of guitar. And, uh, yeah.
0: Awesome. Check out Nick Morrison, youtube.com slash samurai fingers. And uh, if you're looking for guitar lessons, GuitarDojo.ca will help you get there as well. But uh, Nick, we like to end with a game. Do you want to play? Let's do it. I'm excited. All right, here we go. We got a prize wheel. There's 10 games that it could land on. And you got survey says. Survey says it's pretty easy. We surveyed 100 people online. The top answers are on my cards here. If you get one okay. out of the top answers in two out of the three questions, okay, you win the game. Here we go. All right. All uh, right. Oh, it's a movie. Uh, movie survey says, too, by the way. Name okay. a movie or a franchise of a, a movie that is set in the future. Back to
1: the future, part two.
0: Back to the future, number one answer. There you go. Uh, Star Trek, uh, Star Wars uh, on here, but technically that was a long time ago. It was a long time uh, ago in a galaxy. Uh, Avatar way. and Blade Runner. Uh,
1: ah, nice. On the
0: Give me the title of an iconic movie song that was also a successful pop song.
1: Ooh. Bob. Movie song um,
0: that was a pop song what
1: uh, ray parker jr ghostbusters i ain't afraid of no ghost oh yeah what's the name of the actual song though i think it's just ghostbusters that's
0: just ghostbusters yeah yeah uh it did not make list? our list though that's Uh-oh, strike number okay. one
1: uh, um, and
0: another, any other guesses movie
1: theme songs or just nah, movie songs
0: most of these are not the theme song
1: okay a couple of them. uh what about uh, everything i do i do it for you by brian adams from uh, robin hood
0: oh that's good too i was thinking the, the uh the bodyguard what's the bodyguard one?
1: oh yeah the bodyguard was also one that was with um
0: uh, i will uh, always love i will you always
1: love Houston. you yeah
0: yeah uh no these are tough footloose i feel like is the obvious one staying oh. alive also on there i have the tiger from rocky yes uh, i don't know shallow what's shallow shallow no that idea one of the new ones my heart will go on and then number one live and let die ah Wow. all right now you need this burned one. on it's, that it's one one to one this one i feel like is easy though if you uh, know who she is name a movie starring sigourney weaver alien number one answer hey uh ghostbusters she was also in there also and
1: in ghostbusters Avatar. also in galaxy yeah. quest
0: yeah so uh good ones there but you win two out of three gets you a free 30 second commercial here any uh asks or gifts for our audience how do you want to wrap up
1: any asks or gifts um actually yeah if you want to go to uh, www.guitardojo.ca scroll about halfway down the page uh if you um want to sign up for my email list i will send you an absolutely free complimentary pdf copy of one of my books which is essential chords and scales for guitar everything that you ever need to know to play every single song ever written "Quote unquote," um, and and that's absolutely for free for anybody that wants to uh, go there and and do that.
0: Awesome, I love it. Anything else you want to add?
1: Just thanks for having me. It's been it's been an absolute blast. Pleasure speaking with you. It's pleasure speaking to the audience. Um, come check me out over on YouTube over at the Samurai Fingers channel. I look forward to interacting and I really am. Uh, you know, I'm a small creator. So if you reach out and say hey, I'm having trouble with XYZ I will likely email you back and or make a video about it for you. So
0: <laughs> that's perfect. I appreciate yeah. it. Nick Morrison. Thanks for being on the show. youtubecom Samurai Fingers especially if you're watching this on YouTube right now. Check the show notes. Click that link and go over there and subscribe to his channel as well and uh if you found this video helpful or you think somebody else needs to hear it click the the share here and send this to somebody that you think needs to hear these messages especially if they want to learn how to re-engage with the guitar have uh uh, make music fun again is nick's slogan there you go or if you want to become a playful human and rediscover the power of play go over there to playfulhumans.com have a good one don't wait for tomorrow Chasing the sunshine And go out and play Go play, everybody